Thanks for joining us today on School Care Matters. In this series, we're unpacking the Indiana Department of Education's seven social-emotional competencies. I'm Shane Presley, and I'm joined today by Tina Woldridge and Jennifer Barnes of the School Care team. Tina is a social-emotional wellness specialist and regional trainer for the Source of Strength Wellness Program in Northeast Indiana. Jennifer is the Postvention Task Force Coordinator. Welcome. This is the seventh in a series of discussions about the SEL competencies. Last time we talked about collaboration. Shane, what are some of the strategies and activities you remember? So I remember that we talked about developing collaboration by holding community circles, setting smart goals for group projects, and using conflict as an opportunity to teach collaboration. Right. Tina also encouraged being credible listeners who can reflect back what the other person says and using restorative mediation with students and self-reflection as we grow in these competencies. So today we're looking at critical thinking. For our purposes today, how are we defining critical thinking? We'll talk about a couple of ways to describe critical thinking, but the SEL competency is defined as the ability to understand one's metacognitive process in order to enhance learning and make responsible decisions. Mm. Now let's talk about the word metacognitive. (laughs) So meta as a prefix means more comprehensive or transcending, and cognition Mm. refers to our thought processes. Mm. So metacognition is simply put, thinking about our thinking. (laughs) The more aware we are of our own ways of understanding the world around us through our senses, our experiences, and the knowledge we acquire, the better equipped we are to learn more effectively and to make better decisions. Hmm. Now, this sounds like it's more for older students. Even young children can learn about metacognition. There are classroom posters available online that remind elementary students to reflect on these questions. So what am I thinking? What am I noticing? What am I wondering? What am I seeing? What am I feeling? What am I realizing? Early elementary students need critical thinking as much as the rest of us. Hmm. So how does someone know that they're competent in critical thinking skills? Someone with highly developed critical thinking skills will be able to define a problem or issue, hypothesize the cause or source, Hmm. propose multiple potential solutions, and then evaluate the outcomes of each solution to select the best course of action. Hmm. I can see how developing critical thinking is just as important for educators as it is for students. With each of these competencies, Tina and Karen have shared how we develop it, how we model it, and how we teach it. I think that outline works especially well with critical thinking. So let's start with our own critical thinking skills. Sure. Jane, how many decisions do you think we make in a day? Maybe a thousand? Hmm. Actually, researchers have determined that we make an average of 35,000 decisions each wow. day. Wow, that's a lot of decisions. I wonder how many of those are actually good decisions. <laughs> Critical thinking helps us to decide on the best course of action, whether that's in a work context, an academic context, or a personal context. Mm. We can employ critical thinking skills to determine how to spend our time and our money, to choose a diet that's right for us, Mm. to help us make decisions about who to vote for, which parenting methods to try, or even where to go for vacation. Right. So how do we develop critical thinking? Let's begin by building on what we've talked about in other episodes. An important first step is preparing our body and brain for the decision-making process. 
We talked before about three primary parts of the brain, the brain stem, the limbic system, and the prefrontal cortex. Do you remember which part is responsible for our higher order thinking? The prefrontal cortex? That's right. But if we don't attend to the messages we receive from our brainstem and our limbic system, then we simply cannot access the prefrontal cortex, where critical thinking occurs. That means going back to the competencies we've already covered, using sensory motor integration to recognize physical sensations and their source, using insight to identify which emotions we're experiencing and how big they are, using regulation to employ strategies to bring those bigger emotions down to size. Mm. Three simple practices that prepare our bodies and brains for decision-making are getting adequate hydration, sleep, and exercise. Mm. Right, yeah, these competencies really are all connected. They sure are. Another strategy for increasing our critical thinking skills is to reduce the number of daily decisions we make. Mm. Psychologists have identified what they refer to as decision fatigue, (laughs) which describes the idea that making a decision in the present reduces our decision-making ability in the future. That makes sense. Yeah, that's why we tend to make poor eating decisions in the evening when our brains have been actively making decisions all day. Our brains are simply tired of going through the decision-making process, so we choose what's easiest or what feels good in the moment rather than choosing the best option. So how do we reduce the number of decisions we make throughout the day? You can probably think of examples of successful people who've chosen to adopt a monotonous wardrobe. Like Mark Zuckerberg's gray t-shirt and jeans? Yeah, or Steve Jobs' black turtleneck or Albert Einstein's gray suit. What you may not know is that in each of those cases, the decision was intentionally made in order to avoid decision fatigue. Hmm. Here are a few ideas to reduce our daily decision-making load. Choose a few outfits that you like and buy multiples. (laughs) Design and automate your morning routine. Schedule activities like grocery shopping and exercise for the same day and the same time. Mm. And plan your weekly menu and prepare the same meals ahead of time and have them every day. Those seem pretty easy to incorporate. Another idea for developing critical thinking is to look for ways to explicitly practice. Just like you'd practice a sport or an instrument, practicing thinking about our thinking process improves our critical thinking. Mm. The next time you face a decision, take time to deliberately reflect on how you're making your decision. That sounds like a fairly simple strategy. Yeah, or visit an escape room. They're not only fun, but they help us to develop critical thinking. Brain teasers and riddles also develop our critical thinking. In fact, elementary teachers often use brain teasers and riddles as morning work. But taking it a step further, if there are students who consistently arrive at the correct answers quickly... Teachers could ask them to think about how they arrived at the answer and then to describe that process to their peers. Mm. This is a great way to celebrate and promote critical thinking while empowering students. As we become more intentional about developing our own critical thinking skills, how do we model those skills for our students? I know we've said this several times, but often modeling looks like externally processing what we're doing internally. That could be something as simple as telling students about how you've decided to simplify your wardrobe choices or menu options. Mm. Or it could be a more in-depth discussion with older students about how you make more important decisions, like how you consume news media or how you arrive at a stance on social issues. Mm. The key is to focus on teaching students how to think, not what to think. 
Mm, and I think that's such an important distinction. Mm-hmm. So how do we teach students how to think? We mentioned earlier that people with critical thinking skills have the ability to define a problem or issue, hypothesize the cause or source, mm. propose multiple potential solutions, and then evaluate outcomes of each solution to select the best course of action. Mm. Those sound very analytical. Let me ask you this. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear creativity? Mm, Artistic ability. Often we think of artistic expression, which is a valuable asset to a culture and community, but critical thinking is an expression of creativity as well. Mm. Art showcases beauty, meaning, and self-expression, while critical thinking identifies and seeks to solve a problem by thinking creatively. Critical thinking teaches students to be productive and innovative in order to address problems. Mm. Shane, are you familiar with the term solution fluency? I don't think so. Solution fluency is the ability to think creatively to solve real-world problems in real time. Mm, That sounds interesting. Yeah, social fluency uses a six-step process that mirrors other educational models we're already familiar with, like the writing process or the scientific method. Mm. And for easy recall, each step begins with the letter D. Define, discover, dream, design, deliver and debrief Mm. for each step in the process there's a corresponding question the questions may remind you of the ideas we talked about the last time on the personal smart goal map Mm. they're designed to encourage group members to access critical thinking skills so in the define portion we ask what is the problem we face Mm -hmm. for discover what's causing the problem and why do we need to solve it for dream we ask what does the ideal solution look like Mm. Design, we ask, how will we create our solution? Deliver, we ask, how will we implement our solution? And finally, for debrief, we ask, how will we know if we were successful? And what could we do differently? Mm. I can see that model being useful in context beyond group projects. Right. We could use it for any of the real life situations we mentioned earlier. Now, for those of us who haven't thought much about critical thinking, do you have a quick resource to bring us up to speed? I would recommend viewing the TED-Ed video, Five Tips to Improve Your Critical Thinking. It's less than five minutes long, and it does a great job of explaining critical thinking for students. Hmm. It describes critical thinking as a set of tools used to scrutinize a vast sea of available options to narrow down to the best possible option through five steps. Hmm. So one is formulate a question, two is gather information, three is apply the information, Four, consider the implications, and five, explore other points of view. Hmm. Now, I'm beginning to get a bigger picture of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. I really like this description. Critical thinking skills allow us to question rigorously, detect false information and faulty logic, mm. form well-reasoned, coherent thoughts and arguments, and regularly challenge our own assumptions and positions. Yeah, there's quite a lot there. Mm -hmm. Let's talk first about the ability to question rigorously. Yeah, quality questions are one of the most valuable tools in an educator's toolbox. A quality question can bring academic content to life, encourage students to stay on task, gauge their learning, and develop higher order thinking skills. Hmm. Let's take an issue and use it as an example. Imagine that your class is studying climate change. The most basic question we can ask a student is, do you know what climate change is? And we call that a closed question because there really are only two answers, yes or no. Mm -hmm. As we move toward questions that elicit critical thinking, we might ask, 
what are three causes of climate change? But mm. even this question could be answered using Google. So we could ask students to explain three causes of climate change and then ask them, how do you know that? Mm. We could also ask, what are the implications of climate change? How can we address climate change? Why is climate change relevant to me? Why should I think about this now rather than later? Mm. We could ask, what might happen if we ignore or avoid addressing climate change? Why do some claim that climate change is the greatest issue facing this generation? And how might your perspective be different than others? Those seem like great questions to get students thinking. They are. And these probing questions or elaboration questions are great tools to use after students have responded and we want to promote deeper thinking. So tell me more. Can you give me an example, an illustration, or more details? Is there a more effective way to express that point of view? Could you be more specific? Is there another way to look at this question? Have you considered other points of view? Hmm. So the first skill set was questioning rigorously. Mm -hmm. And the second skill set is detecting false information and faulty logic. This skill allows us to approach politics, news media, and advertising with a healthy dose of skepticism. Most educators won't have time to properly teach logic as part of their curriculum, but there are simple ways to inject the concept of identifying logical fallacies into any content. Hmm. There's a great website called schoolofthought.org that provides free education resources for teaching critical thinking. Mm. They offer a poster that introduces students to logical fallacies or common errors in reasoning. Interesting. Teachers could examine political speeches or debates, opinion pieces, or advertisements to find examples of faulty arguments. Or they could analyze choices made by literary characters and identify where their thinking led them astray. Hmm. So what are the other skill sets? Forming well-reasoned, coherent thoughts and arguments, which connects to detecting faulty logic. Once students have begun to practice detecting when someone else's argument is flawed, they can use the same criteria to evaluate their own thoughts and arguments. Mm, wow. The fourth skill set is to regularly challenge our own assumptions and positions, which allows us and even encourages us to change our minds. The willingness to shift our opinions as new information becomes available is a hallmark of the final SEL competency, which is mindset. We'll examine that more on the next episode. Mm. Now, do you have other ideas for helping students develop critical thinking? Build in opportunities for students to find connections by using analogies and by explicitly asking students how what they're learning in your class connects to what they're doing in other classes. Don't assume students know how to connect the dots. Teach them how to connect the dots. Uh, Project-based project learning is another great way for students to make connections. Promote greater interaction among students. These interactions provide opportunities for you to gently remind students of the critical thinking skills they've been developing. Mm -hmm. Build intentional reflection time. After students have completed an assignment and received feedback, give them opportunities to reflect, not only on their, on their output or the completed assignment, but also on their learning process. Mm -hmm. You might even build their self-reflection into their grade as an incentive for students to develop the habit of self-reflection. Wow, I like those. Yeah, one last encouragement is to welcome messes. I have a colleague who taught elementary art for years, and she says that the messier her classroom was, the deeper the learning was for her students. Mm. 
When we make fewer choices for our students and allow them more freedom to choose, it's bound to be messy. But that mess likely means that students are developing critical thinking. Hmm. Now, a lot of what we've talked about today sounds like academic skills. How does critical thinking connect to social-emotional learning? That's a great question. While some of the other competencies primarily allow students to be in a state of readiness to learn, critical thinking directly impacts and improves their learning. But you've noticed how connected these competencies are. So let's say you've grown in sensory motor integration and insight. So you know that the sensations you're experiencing in your body are related to an emotion. And you've identified that you're feeling anxious. The next step is to choose a strategy to help you regulate or manage that emotion. How will you select the best strategy? By using my critical thinking skills. Exactly. Or say you're engaged in a group project. You've connected with your peers by listening attentively, reflecting accurately the messages received from others, and acknowledging and validating others' perspectives and experiences. As you're collaborating, you encounter a snag when group members begin to share differing ideas and opinions. You know you need to overcome a challenge and manage the conflict using one of a variety of approaches you've developed. How will you decide which approach is best? By using my critical thinking skills. Exactly. While some of the other competencies are reserved for those times when our emotions are causing challenges for us, Critical thinking is a skill we can use all day long. Mm -hmm. In fact, as we said earlier, we could use critical thinking skills 35,000 times a day. Wow. So for the next time, we'll take a look at the final competency, which is mindset. And I think you'll see how that competency connects all the others. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you then. 